whether uh, in Brentwood, Franklin, or online, we're delighted that you have joined us today. Uh, in Jesus' day, uh, the, the, the commands of God, you all had, had kind of gone viral. <laughs> they expanded like a virus, such that the Pharisees, uh, you know, they, they, they loaded up with over 600 laws, commands to, to, to keep. 300-something of them were positive, 200-something of them were negative, and the truth of the matter is you didn't know whether you were keeping one or breaking one all the time. Uh, It was a burden. Well, Jesus comes along and he cuts through all of that man-made madness to summarize the law with how many commands? With one. It's like, look, it's this... Love God and love others. I don't know about you, but in the Christian life, as I speak for myself, I can tend to get overwhelmed with all the commands. I, I really can. I can get overwhelmed with all the principles. All do this, don't do you know, all those things that truly are part of walking the worthy walk. You know, we're in our tw- 23rd message in the book of Ephesians. If, it's just one book of 66. If you just took the messages I've given, I've probably given you a dozen or more things to believe, things to do. You know, I, it's just a lot of information. And I, I, can get over, I, I can get overwhelmed by that. And I don't know about you, and I, I, oftentimes I go, just, I just need the one. Just, just move it all away and get this. Well, we have come in our study through the book of Ephesians to that place where Paul does that which Jesus did with the law. It's not you get rid of everything, but Paul steps and says, okay, here's the one. Do you want to know the, you know the most important thing about a worthy walk? Paul says, this is it. Uh, New Testament and Pauline scholar Gordon Fee has written of this particular command. I'm speaking of Ephesians 5.18, where Paul says, be filled with the Spirit. And Fee writes this, quote, it is the key to all other commandments and the ultimate imperative in the Pauline letters. In other words, he's saying, Get this one, and all the others will take care of themselves. All week I have been uh, trembling at some level, and I have actually been giddy that we've come to this passage in Ephesians. I've said it before, I'll say it again now, and I'll say it in the future. I, I would not be standing here teaching you the Bible had not someone sat me down and explained to me what it means to be filled with the Spirit. That's the God-honest truth. And they explained it to me in such a way that it, it made sense. I, I understood it. And you know what? I, I, I could live it. I, I, can, I could do that. And boy, I've prayed all week that I might do the same in our time Today, you've read the passage, and if you read it, you know, carefully at some level, you note he's making these contrasts. Don't be foolish, be wise. Don't be unwise, but understand what the will of God is. Don't get drunk with wine, but you see these contrasts back and forth. And he, in the third contrast, he, he goes from the, the contrast, he, he gives a command. 
And then in verses 19 to 21, it moves from contrast, command to consequences. Here are, and he gives us three. You know, if you're wondering, here's a minimum, at least three things that it looks like when you're filled with the Spirit. This will be the result of that. So when we look at the passage, think of it in this way. There's, there's these contrasts, there's the command, and then there's these consequences that flow out. Now there's, oh my goodness, all three parts of that are loaded. But I want us in particular today to focus on the contrast with the Spirit and the command to be filled with the Spirit. The contrast, okay? We're looking at, uh, we're going to look at verses eight, verse 18 primarily, but I, I want to hit the contrast first. I'll read these out loud. You've already read them silently, beginning in verse 15. Therefore, be careful how you walk. Here's the contrast. Not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time because the days are evil. Just one note here. Uh, the, the Christian life is a very careful walk. Uh, it's not willy-nilly. Uh, be careful carries the idea of accuracy and precision. It's a great reminder to you and I that it matters that we're aware, keenly aware of how we're walking. And then he says, so that you can redeem, literally redeeming the time because the days are evil. Go back to what Michael talked about last week in the verses above. These are days of darkness. The world, you, you understand, is under the power of, of the evil one, Satan. You know, t- time is not neutral. The world is not neutral. It's all conspiring against the gospel. And we live in it. And he says, pay attention to how you live so that you can redeem the time. What does he mean? You can be more productive in your time? No. What he means is so that it, you, you, you can have these moments that every moment of your life, you take that moment and you actually, you, you take it from the darkness. See, the world wants to use it for darkness, but no, you're going to use it for light. You're going to redeem it. He goes on, continuing the contrast. So then do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. He continues, and do not get drunk with wine, for that is dissipation. It's, you know what? It's wasteful. Uh, It's a waste of your life. But, contrast, be filled with the Spirit, the command. Camping on 18, the contrast here is not between wine and spirit, like contrasting these two substances. And here's, here's where we're going to go with this. And I'm, I'm, I feel like a professor, sort of, because I'm going to just kind of go over and over and reiterate some points on here so we grasp this. The contrast is between the effect of being full of wine and the effect of being filled with the Spirit. That's the contrast. Michael said it last week. You take this outside substance, you drink a bunch of it, and you do stupid things. You do harmful things to yourself and to others. Why? Here's the, here's the, here's the key word that holds this together and defines what it means to be filled. Because you're controlled by the alcohol. When you are filled with the Spirit... You do wise things, you do kind things, you do fruitful things that are helpful to you and to others, you see, because you are, what? Controlled by the Holy Spirit. 
Please keep that in mind. I've got it in all capital letters in my notes. I've written it four times. Control, control, control. When it talks about be filled with the Spirit, just put the word in there. Be controlled by the Spirit of God. Now, to take the command, the command itself, we'll do a little Greek grammar. It helps us understand it and helps us apply it. I want to explain the command itself first with these foundational thoughts on the Holy Spirit. Men and women, we've taught this. And any, you can't, we can't teach our Bibles and not come to this, but I want to remind you of this. The Holy Spirit is a person. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. The Holy Spirit is fully God. Three things the Spirit does. When you and I put our faith in Christ, when we trust that Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins, was buried and raised again, when we believe that, by the way, you'd never believe it if the Spirit wasn't at work. <laughs> Quite right. you, you couldn't believe that. Unless the Holy Spirit was doing his work, which he does, and you believe. Well, in that moment, the the Bible says you are indwelt by the Spirit. What does that mean? It means the Spirit, the Holy Spirit comes to live in you. Now, we want to be careful here. You know, oftentimes we'll talk about, you know, you invite Jesus into your life. Or, you know, even Paul says, Christ in me. Please understand that who's in you as a Christian is the Holy Spirit. But it's, you know, the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Christ. It's, it's a fine line. But, you know, when you say Christ lives in me, please understand what you're saying is it's the Holy Spirit who lives in you. And Paul, they're, because they're God, they're all God, one God, three persons, one God. He can, he can say what's well, Christ in me. Does that make sense? I mean, it's a, it's a bit of a mystery, but I want you to understand you have the Spirit that indwells you. And that's Christ. That's Christ in you. That happens the moment you believe. Paul says in Romans 1, 9, if you don't have the Spirit, you're not a Christian. So please understand, if you know Christ and trusted Christ, the Spirit of God lives in you. Secondly is the baptism of the Spirit. A lot of confusion around this. 1 Corinthians 12, 13 reminds us, tells us that the baptism of the Spirit, you know, we're going to baptize in a moment, and these people are going to go under that water. They're going to be identified with Christ. Identification in baptizo, in baptism. To be baptized by the Spirit is when, the, when you believed, the Holy Spirit identified you and placed you in the body of Christ. You know, we always use these frames, these, these, these phrases, metaphors, you know, the church is the body of Christ. Well, that's, how do you get in the body? You believe and the Holy Spirit indwells you and the Holy Spirit baptizes you. The Holy Spirit places you in the body of Christ. You see that? That's the work of the Spirit. It's done at the moment of conversion. And then the third would be the sealing of the Spirit, which we talked about in Ephesians 1. What's the sealing? It's the, seal, the sealing of the Spirit is the, 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 Spirit is the pledge. The, remember the, the, the down payment on the home idea? Thought, the pledge that we are in Christ, identified with Christ, and sealed in Christ, and we will make it to the very end to be with Him forever. It's promised. It's been sealed by the Holy Spirit. All three of those works of the person of the Holy Spirit occur the moment you place your faith in Christ. Nowhere in Scripture are you ever commanded, you know, I command you to be baptized by the Spirit. You're never commanded to be indwelt by the Spirit. You're never commanded to be sealed by the Spirit. It's the work of God that He does the moment you believe. Everybody with me on that? And then we come to this command, but be filled with the Spirit. 
What does that mean? Well, let's do a little Greek grammar on this one to help us understand. Four things grammatically. It's in the imperative mood. Imperative, you guys. Like, I, I'm kind of a slow learner. I, I never got these things in grammar or anything. Imperative means command. So it's an imperative mood, which means this is a direct authoritative command from the Apostle Paul, be filled with the Spirit. He commands it. It's in the plural form, which means it's to the church. Be filled with the Spirit. It's to all Christians. Be filled with the Spirit. The Spirit-filled life is not some special life for, for, for neat Christians who just really get it. It's not that at all. It's for all Christians to be filled with the Spirit. It's in the passive voice. What does that mean? It means it's done to you. It means you can't make yourself be filled with the Spirit. It's something that God does on your behalf. Passive voice. And finally, it's in the present tense. What does that mean? It means it's ongoing. You know, there's, you know if something's in, in, in a past tense, it's, it's one and done. It happened, it's done. When he says be filled, it's this, literally. Keep on being filled with the Spirit over and over and over and over and over and over and over. and over. It's, it's ongoing and continuous. Well, here's the question. Okay, well then, then how, it's not something I do, how, am I, how is a Christian filled with the Spirit? We can take this passage, we take our New Testament, we look at where... The Spirit's filling occurs in other places. We look at what God says about and Paul and the apostles say about the Christian life, and we can gather certain things that help us understand what it means to be filled with the Spirit. I want to be careful because you know, I never want us to be in a place where we're, we're living by formulas or something like that. I don't mean to do that. But I, again, in, in, in hopes of helping us grasp this, I'm going to give you uh, four words that, that help us understand what it means to be filled with the Spirit. It's, it's like this, you know, if a sailboat's on the, on the water and you, you, know, you, you say to the sail, be filled with the wind, you know, it's like, wait, wait, to, to be filled with the wind, something's got to happen. The sails have to be unwrapped. The sail's got to be lifted. Oh, we've got to turn the sail in a position where it catches the wind. And, of course, the wind fills the sail. Are you with me on this? When we're commanded to be filled with the Spirit, we have some responsibility I mean, you understand, we, we, we have a part in, in, in this, though it's something God does. And so here's four things that, four ways that we live that put us in a position to catch the wind, to be filled with the Spirit, which only God can do. I'm going to give you four letters, M-D-O-P, M-D-O-P. And I'm giving you these just as a mnemonic, you know, to help you just go, okay, this is in principle how this works in a, in a person's life. M, filled with the Spirit, we must be mindful, mindful. Paul said it here. He said, be careful how you walk. You know, women, the, the Christian life is not a passive life. It's, it, is, it is a mindful life. It's being aware. What's it being aware of? It's being aware that I can't do it. That's what it's being aware of. It's being aware of I need. It's how, much, how many things did Jesus say you and I could do apart from him? How many things can we do? Yell, yell it out. How many? None. Okay. He meant that when he said that. He wasn't speaking in hyperbole. That, that in terms of, you know, kingdom growth and influence and reflection of God's glory, you can't do anything apart from him. Well, what do you mean apart from him? 
Remember what I said about the Holy Spirit? Apart from the Holy Spirit, you can't do anything. So if you're going to be filled with the Spirit, you must be mindful that I, I need the Holy Spirit to reproduce Jesus' life through me. I'm mindful of that. These flow all together. Mindful, the next letter D. Mindful, dependent. What's dependent? Dependent is rely upon. Dependent is have faith in. Dependent is I can't, but I'm going to trust he can. It's to rely upon the Spirit. Mindful. Mindful. I'm dependent upon the Spirit. See, dependent on what? The Spirit of the flesh. I'm going to be be dependent on the Spirit. You're with me on this. I want you to know even as I go through these... It's not, I'll, I'll give you an example at the end. You know, it's not like, like I consciously go, okay, I need to be filled with spirit. Mindful, dependent, of, you know, it's not that. I'm, I'm just giving you the flow of a walk and how you live. I do, I do think this, when it gets to dependence, y'all, we have an incurable, insidious aversion to dependence. And we often stop there. Mindful. Dependent, the O is going to be very obvious, I hope. Obedient. Obedient. We do what he says to do. Dependent, you see, when I talk about dependent is to obedience, what faith is to works. Two sides of the same coin. You understand biblical faith works. We understand that. We did that in James. We did that in John. If you have biblical faith, it's not passivity. I have faith. No, it's I, I have faith and, 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 and it expresses itself. Mindful. I'm dependent. I'm obedient. Faith in action. I, I take the step of faith. We've said it so many times. I did illustrate it with a chair. You illustrate it in so many ways. I'm, I've got faith that that step's going to hold me. I don't have biblical faith that that step's going to hold me until I... I, have to be able, I, 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 I obey, I trust. All my weight's on it. Mindful, dependent, obedient. And here's, here's, here's the key, so to speak. The last word is power. Isn't, there's the payoff, the power. The power of the Spirit. You see, we experience the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit in our lives when mindful of our inadequacy, dependent upon the Holy Spirit, we obey, excuse me, we obey and we take a step of faith. And watch this. And we actually experience the power as we obey. You can stand back all day long. You don't experience the power of the Holy Spirit. When you obey, it's in the obedience. We experience the power of the Holy Spirit in our life. Being filled with the Spirit is consciously trusting the Spirit to do what you can't do. Watch this. As you do it. It's crazy in a way, you know. I can't do it. Only you can do this through me, Jesus. And as you do it, you experience the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. My responsibility, again, I'm I'm just saying this Ten different ways. I'm responsible to be filled with the Spirit in this sense. To be faithful and obedient. The Holy Spirit is responsible to be faithful and fruitful. See that? We get a little confused when we talk about being filled with the Spirit. Oftentimes we think of it in terms of quantity. 
In other words, you need more of the Spirit. You don't need more of the Spirit. How could you need more of the Spirit when at the moment of belief you got the person of the Holy Spirit? You didn't get a leg. You didn't get his mind. You didn't get his, you got the person of the Holy Spirit. Jesus lives in you. So it's never that you need more Spirit. What is it? The Spirit does need more of you, me, whatever area of life I need to submit to him. Do you see that? Contrasts, you know, wise, unwise, unwise, understand what the will of the Lord is. Don't get drunk with wine. That's dissipation, which is wastefulness, but be filled with the Spirit. Contrast, be filled with the Spirit is the command. And then watch these consequences fall out. Look in your Bibles, verses 19 to 21. Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord. Always giving thanks for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to God, even the Father. And be subject, or it's literally, and being subject to one another in the fear of Christ. Much to be said, let me say three things about these three things. At a minimum, at, you know, Paul gives us very specifically, at a minimum, if you are filled with the Spirit, what does it look like? It looks like you have a song, you're thankful, and you're submissive. There's more, certainly. There's never less than that. Think about this. Where in, where in the world does music get its power to move us in a way that just words don't, in a way that a sign doesn't, in a way that a picture, music, the melody, the song, it's like, it's like truth goes, there's something happens in here, doesn't it? You can't, I, you know, certain songs, something happens here, it's almost unexplainable. When you're filled with the Spirit, hmm, you're going to have a song. And I'll tell you this, this song is going to be about Christ because that's what the Spirit does. It's going to be about the truth of the gospel. It's going to be about the truth of God. It's going to be what's true, right, good. You see what I'm saying? Those things of the Spirit. Well, secondly, there's gratitude. He says, be thankful at all times in every way. It's, it's, you know, Paul's going to say it later, be thankful in everything. It's, it's absolutely all-inclusive. So he says, give thank, you know, a constant gratitude, and, and you got to think about it like this maybe. Gratitude is that deep and abiding conviction that God is in control. That it's it's got to be rooted in that because when your circumstances are going this way and that, is there a deep and abiding conviction that God is in control? You see, when you're there, watch this. You don't give thanks for all the terribleness. Y'all, that's, that's, we don't thank God for evil and harm. And you don't thank him for that. You know he's in control in spite of what's going on. And this is only by the Spirit, by the way. You cannot do this in the flesh. So by the Spirit, you're going, he's in control. And God, I thank you that you're in control. I thank you that Jesus secured all that I need. I thank you that Jesus, you see, you go to the promises of God and you give thanks for God and Jesus and all that he's done. Please be careful. Do not thank God for cancer. Don't do that. Don't thank him for evil. Don't do that. Don't thank him for a tragedy that happened. Don't do that. Thank him for who he is. In ways that I can't fully explain it, he is in control. And he's demonstrated that by Christ. You with me? So there's a sense of, Song, there's gratitude, and boy, you didn't see this last one coming, did you? So you're going to be filled with the Spirit, and you are going to be submissive. <laughs> wow. Um, we, need to, we need to be careful with this word. I want you to, I want you to know this. Michael's going to pick this up and explain this further. He talks about mutual submission. Please understand, 
that does not throw out authority. I mean, we're going to read the next, all the way through 6-9. Let me tell you what he talks about in 6, uh, all the way till 6-9. He talks about you be an authority and you be submissive. He talks about submission to authority. The word itself means to arrange under. He's not saying here, everybody be humble. He's not saying that. The mutual submission here is a, a turn in our hearts and everyone's hearts against selfishness. But he doesn't throw out authority. Be careful on that. Now think of it this way. Jesus Christ, fully God, fully man, lived the fullest, freest, most fruitful, influential, significant life of any human being on the planet. And he lived in absolute submission to his father. Oh, submission's not a bad word. It's a place of great power, fulfillment, and fullness in God's kingdom. Well, I don't want us to leave with a theory of the spirit-filled life. I want you to walk out of here at some level going, okay, that's how it works. I can do that. I can live that. And I want to leave you with, with, with a thought to that because you, you may go, well, Lloyd, what does it look like? Give me something that, here's what the spirit-filled life looks like. And I'll give you a story from my own life. Uh, the first part of June, uh, Lisa and I, our oldest son, Darden, has been, uh, been in a 242 group for, since sixth grade. 242, if you're a guest here, 242 groups are the small groups that our students get in and they stay in for years, you know, in student ministry. Acts 242 is based on. And so in the first week in June, uh, Darden's two leaders, uh, Jerry Rooker and Bill Wester, who are dads who have boys in that group, they took, put together a trip to the Rocky Mountains for a week. And I've got to tell you, what these two men have done in the lives of these young men is nothing short of amazing. I mean, you know, as a, you know those of you sitting in here as parents know what it means for others to build into your, your kids. You know, Bill and Jerry have led that group since sixth grade bunch of knuckleheads you know and they stayed with them all through it growing up and then wanted to end it with a big thing you know and so they did it all putting this together and uh i i can't begin to tell you the things that happened the things that they put together and the things that god did and the way we experienced it but you'll hear about it because i'll use it use illustrations from it for the next two years but i want to tell you one story that happened uh, out there we, uh, we had this day where you could either go, and they said all this stuff, you could either go skydiving or ATVing. And ATVing is all-terrain vehicle. It's the four-wheelers, you know, with a little thumb thing, big four-wheeler. And last time I checked, skydiving means that you jump out of an airplane. <laughs> and being spirit-filled means you're wise and you choose ATVing. <laughs> That's what it means to be filled with the spirit. So uh, Darden and I, we choose to go ATVing. And uh, this, y'all, this is, this is awesome, awesome. It was so good. It's not like, you know, the guy guides you and you're going 10 miles an hour and you're looking at the daisies. It's like you go to this mountain, you got thousands of acres. He shows you the ATV, they show you the ATV, make sure you can drive them and you go. And we got there and it was so fun. There's maybe a dozen of us. And uh, the guy goes, look, we just, he lines up these ATVs. He goes, we just got these. We got some of these just two, three weeks ago. These are 2014 models. In fact, they got power steering. It's amazing. They're, you know, you're just going, oh my gosh, I want one of those babies. You know, get on. Well, we get them all lined up. Well, you know what Darden and I end up on? The 2013 model. It's 
a little smaller, no power steering, no big deal, you know, but you, you, you kind of want to be on that 14, you know. And so the guy goes, look, we don't have enough for all those, but as y'all are driving, you know, uh, swap out or something, you know, and that way other guys can get experience on the newer miles and some of the, you know, the things, bells and whistles on those deals. Well, we, we, we take off, everybody goes off, and Dart and I stay together, and we we decide to hit, they got a little map, you know, hard, easy. You pick which trails you go. We go, let's take the hard one first. And we just pull out. We're not a, you're not 200 yards from the drop off. We're going and we, hard is y'all, hard is hard. I mean, this thing is just beating you up, man. It's hitting things. You're going over logs, having the time of our life. We're up there about 45 minutes, maybe an hour. We come down off the hard. We're right here, real close to the staging area. And so we, I said, hey, Darden, let's, you know, let's go, let's go see if we can swap out the 2013s. We'll get a 14. Okay, let's go. We're going in. We pull into the staging area. A young man is sitting there and uh, he, he thinks we're done, you know, but we have three hours. So we're just getting started. We pull in and Darden's behind me. The guy walks up to me and I say to him, I say, hey, man, can, you think we can swap out for, for the 14s for a while? And he looks at me and he says, does it look like I got any 14s here? And, and, and you know, I just suddenly was just, my heart started racing. I'm, I literally reach, I got a helmet on, you know, that's right here, just a little opening. And so I reach for my helmet because I'm getting ready to take this helmet off. He wasn't a very big guy. I think I could take him. But he, he uh, but you know, it's something far worse than me physically. I'm ready to verbally take him down, you know, and it's just in me, you, you know, it's just, it, I hate that, but I just felt it, I felt like, I just gave you $300 so you can have a summer job, and I'm gonna, I was just, Darden couldn't hear anything because he's behind me, and in that moment, okay, I, again, I didn't think through mindful, dependent, obedient, I, <laughs> I, I but, but it, you know, it, I'm giving you those things to help you understand, but I, I, can I say this, not in a prideful sense, but I, I understand what it means to be filled with the Spirit. And I go, I got a, I got a choice in this moment. Because I had that feeling, that feeling I get when I call AT&T to talk about my cell phone. <laughs> <laughs> or, or Verizon, or any of them. I'm just saying, internet, TV, cable. Ooh, it's that feeling. And, and so I, I go... Uh, I don't want to be controlled by my flesh. I don't want to be controlled by the Spirit. I can't do it. I'm, I've got to k- take care of this kid. And I go, I'm going to depend on the Spirit. I, I'm going to trust the Spirit. Now, again, do I think this consciously per se? At some level, it's almost subconscious for me, but, I, but I'm going, I, I don't need to ruin a day. And I don't need to do this in front of my son because my family has seen me do this before when I... Something about customer service. I'm just, I can be so arrogant, unfortunately, in that, and I get mad. And so I just look at the guy, and this is what came out of my mouth. You, know. you don't have to be a smart aleck about it. But, you know, that's as good as I could do. <laughs> and, uh, and he, you know, came down off of his hobby horse and started talking to me and explaining why he couldn't, even though he was sitting on a 2014. I mean, give me the 14. And, uh, and he said that, and I said, you know, we just kind of got it. I turned to Darden and said, we can't get it. And we 
took off, and let me tell you something, we went off, and for the next two hours, we had the time of our life. And that's what it looks like to be filled with the Spirit. And you go, well, man, I thought you were going to tell us you led someone to Christ. I personally don't lead many people to Christ. I don't. I, I, I thought you, could, you healed somebody. Maybe you spoke in tongues. Maybe some, I've never done any of those things. But that's what it looks like to be filled with the Spirit, you see, because it's about controlled by the Spirit. Here's the truth of the matter. The fact that I could respond to someone who I feel has offended me with decent words is a miracle. You know? And we kind of laugh, but that's the truth. And the, and the fact that there's times when you can engage your spouse without harming them, even though you're mad, that's a miracle. It's the work of the Spirit. The fact that you can engage a child when it's not going well, and you can do so in a way that doesn't harm them, mm, what is that? It's a miracle. It's the work of the Spirit, isn't it? I mean, in your flesh, you'd mess up in so many ways, right? That's what it means to be filled with the Spirit. Mindful, I can't do this. Dependent, I need you, Spirit, to do this. And then a step of faith, and you experience the power of the Spirit. We sang earlier, show us your glory, Lord. Show us your power. We get to see it today, his work in some baptisms. And no one would step into those baptismal waters were it not for the work of the Spirit. That's why I say it's so intimately connected. Um, the Cotreres are coming out and Alexis is bringing mom and dad, Bill and Elizabeth, to be baptized today in this service. I've got a few, I've got a video or two I'm going to show you of uh, some services from last night, but Alexis is extremely special, and uh, we have a microphone, somebody have the mic, am I missing, I got it, um, she comes to be baptized, and those of you know we talk about baptism, it's a public expression of the inward work of Christ, um, so much to see, see I want you, I want you to be aware of what you're seeing, that when when she goes in this water, and, and, and Alex and I talked about this earlier, when she goes under that water, it's symbolic that she, having placed her faith in Christ, actually died with him. Her old self is dead. And when she comes up out of that water, symbolic of rising with Christ, death no longer has a hold on this girl. She rose with him in Christ. And then she's going to be soaking wet, covered from head to toe in water. And do you know, it's, just think of this. It, think of the blood of Christ washed as white as snow. Think of his righteousness that now just clothes her complete. Think of Christ, God the Father, looking down on her and seeing, seeing his son. Because she's placed her faith in Christ. And do you understand when we see the Spirit at work in that way and we do baptisms, we, we celebrate it. We rejoice at what God has done. I've told the parents last night, this morning, and I told Bill earlier, and Bill can say you're proud of her. You know, it's totally fine. But a lot of times we might have parents say, you know, I'm very proud of the child. And that's okay. But 
I always tell the parents, I say, if you say that, that's fine. But please understand, what we want to say is, I'm thankful to God. <laughs> this is all about Jesus and what he did. And I'm thankful for God. And I'm grateful that she's believed that in his kindness, he's birthed new life in her. And so I want you to celebrate with me as Alexis Cotrere is baptized today. Bill and Elizabeth standing with her. Her dad's going to baptize her. Elizabeth, why don't you step in that water, honey? Step on up. You're going to sit down on that and face this way. There you go, baby. Nice. Have a seat right there. Bill, you get right there beside her. And Mom, you can stay right here as well. Um, Elizabeth, I want you to look out at your church family. Alexis, I'm sorry. I'm Elizabeth back here. Elizabeth, you look out there too. Um, Alexis, I want you to look and I want you to tell them why you've come to be baptized today. I've come to tell others that Jesus is my Savior. Okay. And we always ask a mom and dad when the child's being baptized to talk about how they've seen the Spirit of God in you having believed. And so, Bill, I want you to say a word. Would you can hold Absolutely. that? Yeah. Our, our God is so good. We're so thankful for Alexis and that she's here making this decision. We're excited that she's sharing it with everyone. Um, we love watching her display the fruit of the Spirit. Um, she is so loving and kind and gentle. And those of you that know her have seen that in her. And we're just excited to watch her continue to develop her relationship with him. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Mom. I just wanted to share that my number one prayer for both my girls is that they would come to trust Christ. And um, I'm so thankful that the Spirit of God communicates with children because mm-hmm. she was reading her Bible in her room by herself and came out and asked about um, what it means to go to heaven and, and wanting to know Christ more when she was five. So mm-hmm. this is really a celebration of that. Amen. Alexis, it's your dad and my great honor to baptize you today because you are not just his daughter but you're his sister and my sister in Christ because you've believed. I want you to hold your nose. I'm gonna, there you go. Dad's going to hold. I'm going to say this. Oh, hold on a second. Stay right. Don't go down yet. <laughs> it's, uh, we baptize you as Jesus commanded in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Buried with Christ in baptism and raised to walk in newness of life. Woo! (laughs) There we go. Y'all can step back. Um, You know, it's, you know, fellowships, one campus, multiple locations, multiple services, quite frankly. Services at Franklin going on now as we speak, but... You know, this is our, the 935 service, but you know, we had Saturday night service, had a service this morning, and I want you to take a look. I've got a video I'd like you to see, and it's just two baptisms, again, just to give you a picture of what God's doing in our midst. When you see this, I just want you to be thinking, the Spirit at work among us. Take a look at uh, these two, Kayla and Akari. Say a word. Why do you come to be baptized today? It's okay. Um... Anyone who uh, knew me before <laughs> knows that Jesus is the real deal because <laughs> I'm just, I'm not that person. And um, I only, I mean, I owe it all to him and the people that he chose, the people that he chose to put in my path. You were the perfect people. 
First, my husband showing me the unconditional love and forgiveness that Jesus mm-hmm. has shown all of us. And Melinda, mm-hmm. <laughs> thank you so much. Mm-hmm. And then Jen, <laughs> she uh, followed up in the rear, <laughs> bringing it home, and she just poured out the gospel to me and uh, told me the gospel for the first time, and something clicked. and. It's like that moment when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you mm-hmm. know it because it's no longer about you. And it was always about me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so here I am, obeying <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> it's an honor for me to baptize you, my sister, in Christ. I do so in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Hold your nose. We're buried with Christ in baptism and raised to walk <laughs> in newness of life. Mm-hmm. God bless. And um, I have had the privilege of meeting with Akari two or three times through this year when she just was wondering about faith. Um, she's, she's been with student ministry all year. She's walking with other Christians and had wonderful questions to ask. And, and then through this year, she put her faith in Christ and comes to be baptized. Akari, I want you to look out here at your church family. Let me hold this since you're, you're kind of... I don't want you to get... I'm going to hang on to it, but I want you to tell them... Why are you being baptized today? Um, I'm just so blessed that God put people in my life this year who brought me closer to God than ever before. And I know that as I go back to Japan and transition into a completely new life, I would need Him more than ever. So I'm Mm -hmm. so happy to be here right now to profess my faith and to tell everyone that I've put my faith fully in Jesus Christ. Amen. Barb, you've, um, you've been loving this young lady, and both of y'all, your whole family, say a word about her. Right. About a year ago when Akari arrived, she just bounded into the house with all of this energy and all this love, and her name, Akari, in Japanese means light. And I noticed tonight it says we are light up there, and I thought everything is just in God's timing and God's plan. And we met her in Tokyo, and she came back, and what I've seen this year is she, her heart was always open to mm-hmm. learn and to love people. And she already had such a great mm-hmm. love for people. But just purposefully all year she's been seeking and wanting mm-hmm. to grow in the Lord. And that's exactly what she's done. And, and um, I've just seen some great changes. Mm-hmm. And I know that she'll go back with um, just a stronger faith and have a lot of resources to help her she, with her people skills. She's going to help those. Um, who need her, and she mm-hmm. will have that God near her and, and that faith to keep her going. Yeah. Well, I mentioned meeting with her, and I want to affirm she asked great questions. I mean, she asked apologetic questions. She asked questions of faith. She, she asked of the gospel, and uh, she was very careful about baptism. You know, that I said, this is what that means, and she said, I want to think about that. I want to pray about that. And she heads back here in just a few days. And so we said, this is the time. And sure enough, it is. Kari, it's my great joy to baptize you because you're my sister in Christ. I do so in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now hold your nose. We're buried with Christ, baptism, and raised to walk in newness of life. Let me ask you to stand, please. We'll stand together. We've 
timed our service. We have plenty of time to respond how I think the Spirit would have us respond. We noted that, you know, when you're filled with the Spirit, there's song, gratitude, and submission. It's interesting to note, Paul says, you, this song, you actually talk to each other in song and you, and you sing with melody to God. I want you to notice that when we worship like this, please note, yes, we, we're speaking to God, we're singing to God, but Paul tells us there's something about our song that's for the person next to us, in front of us, because we do this to each other. Full of the Spirit, let us respond by declaring the greatness of Christ and all He is and all that He's done.